Hello and welcome to the Ringo Zone. Look at that. I did it. I've never just said hello and welcome. I don't think I've ever been that brief, and I, I'm proud of this. This is fit for the 100th episode that I finally learned how to do my job. 100th part two. Celebratory music, maybe put a couple air horns do, in there. Do, 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 do. So, but yeah, so we, we were, like, uh, embarrassingly late from the last one. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to give excuses, but, you know, it's shit happens. We're adults. I don't well, basically, guys, it's like... been at least two weeks since we released part one of episode 100, and that's at time of recording, not two weeks between part one and part two. We are all adults with lives, and we do this for fun. Yeah, I mean, I actually I actually get reverse paid to do this. I, I pay money for this to happen <laughs> to a point. Yeah. So like, fuck you guys. You can only do so much. I'm sorry, you asshole. So you know what? Shut up. I, I fucking like pay for the mumble server and like I did it when Dylan had like no job and was super broke. And the uh, and like the only reason I haven't like made Dylan take it back is because I don't know how to stop paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I but believe yeah, that's I what just, you call disposable like, income. Yeah, I know. I just I don't want to say just definitely the fans though for the beginning of yeah. the episode part episode 100, yeah. part two. Basically listen to 100 part one again and just consider it like the preamble to this episode. Evan and Sabath aren't here because they don't love you as much as the rest of us do. Yeah. They yeah. Don't. We're the better parents. I actively consider we're, it a miracle that there forward. are people out there that will actively listen to my voice for more than like 10 minutes at a time. I can't listen to your voice for more than 10 seconds at a time. If that sentence had continued, I would have just shot myself. Mickey, quick, keep talking. <laughs> keep talking, we can kill him. <laughs> we can end this. Wow! <laughs> I'm sorry! And so continues Kayla's long con <laughs> to actively kill Max off and replace him as the comic-loving Jew of the podcast. No, 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 listen, Max, it, it's horrible <laughs> that I should encourage you to be dead. I am genuinely sorry that I did that. No, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was not strictly saying that for your benefit, I was saying that so that people would not come after me! <laughs> oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> now I am a little hurt. I'm going to kill all of you because today we are gone. talking about Room for Ruby. Speaking of characters secretly trying to kill other characters. Oh, hey, look at oh! that. Nice. Where, where, my God. I did one. Gerber does something. I was sorry, everyone gets one. Every, every Gerber has his day. That was so, it. Uh, I'm Kayla. It's me. I'm Kayla. Hello. Hi. I'm Gerber, and I'm the one that fucked up the original recording. Yeah, Sean. I'm Max, and apparently everyone just wants me to fuck off and die. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fucking lock the intro down. You know what I liked? I liked this Ruby in this episode. I liked it. I was a fan. What did you guys think of this Ruby? I want it to be noted that, as we have stated, it has been a number of weeks since we've actually watched this episode. So I, I have written notes, and I no longer know what they mean. Oh, boy. So, you know, read one, and maybe we can kind of, like, decipher just it. be deciphering it's the ti- notes. Yeah, it's okay. time to fucking reverse That's actually a really good way to lead this, maybe. We have if, to reverse it. Okay. Are you cool with that? Because I don't want to leave the whole episode that way if you don't want to. I actually think that for the 100th, this would be, like, a really interesting way yeah. to do it. A new format, Ringo's on. Okay. We're yeah. Right. So I guess, like, I'll read you what I have written down, and you guys, like... Have to remind me what yeah. the actual scene was. Figure, figure out what's going on. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So my first note is Garnet is best mom. Well, that's oh. just a that fact. could be literally anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I write it. I write these notes in order 
uh, like chronologically as I see them during the episode. The, the episode starts and they're watching the meteor shower, right? Oh, yeah, it was something, yeah, yeah. Garnet says something. Was it something to do with like wishing on a star? It was something like that, yeah. It was like, like I, I would wish for their, I would wish for you to have a wish or something like that. And it was really sweet. I agree. That was excellent. So Garnet, Garnet, Garnet is best mom. Yeah. That's, that's more of a footnote for the entire series. Also, like, wishing on a star is, like, such a human concept. And for Garnet to just, like, stay up with Steven to do this, like, really, like, honestly kind of weird and layered human thing. And, like, just be so, like, personable about it is just so, it's so good of her. I love her. So I, I, I this, this is, like, okay, I'm not a fan theory kind of guy, but this is just kind of how I imagine things would have gone in my head. So you have this baby and you don't know human culture and you don't know anything about parenting. So like Pearl's not going to ask Greg, I feel like like Amos is, is like his sister essentially. So I kind of imagine like Garnet would have like literally met with Greg and be like, yo, teach me some earth shit. Like teach me some basic things. This kid's going to need to know. Like, yeah. Teach oh, me yeah. some things I need to watch out for. I can imagine like, that. like in that like stuff, you know what I mean? Like, like that she would just spend time with him because she is a proactive person. She's a leader. And she knows that she's gonna. She she's also aware of the people around her. So she's like, I know that Amethyst is not going to step up into like the role that he's in. I know Amp Pearl's going to be neurotic, so I need to be the rock. You know what I mean? I think she actually kind of trained for it. I've been playing, and I, I say the light. We don't need to go into it right now at all because I think we should do a whole episode about it when it's, it's all packed up. But I would say this: there's a whole relationship system, and and Garnet and Greg obviously actually have a combo. And whenever I use it, I'm always just like, I wish there was more Garnet and Greg. Because what I kind of imagine is, you know, the you remember the Peridot and and uh, Garnet like fusion bit, yeah, which I'm still like, waiting for, Cruniverse. Yeah, yeah. But, but point being, point being, uh, Garnet had that tone where she was just like, "I'm just chilling with you. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, you're, like, you're from a different culture. I'm just hanging out." I feel like Garnet's probably the only person who's ever like been a, like, "Greg, let's go take out, let's, let's spend a day together." Yeah. You know, like, yeah. In a parental or co co raising a child, we do know Amethyst and Greg binge a little butler together. Yeah, that was they were like buds. It's a parent, other parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that okay, that was that was good. From Kale's notes, we just had a thing. You know, Sarah. Yeah, all right, Kale. What's the next note? My next note is something that we bring up a lot. My next note says. How do you not know about this, Garnet? <laughs> oh, oh, how, how does she not know that this Ruby's going to be like, pulling a fucking fast Garnet one? doesn't know things. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I think that, like, Future Vision has to rely on, like, things or Garnet yeah, no, knows. It was, it was because know? Steven wanted to keep her, and Garnet was like, I don't know about this. Yeah, well, and also Garnet, I think, only can only operate on every variable she has. All that, all that, all that she had was, it's a Ruby. Steven made a salient point and was cute. So she was like, ah, we'll see where it goes. And I think probably if she was, you know, future visioning, she would have been like, what are the chances of them actually going that wrong and they're actually a spy and they actually get to the ship? Because <laughs> really, what are the chances what are that, the odds Ruby's that a fucking Steve, dumb? That Steven gets jettisoned from a fucking yeah. spaceship. And Rubies aren't evil, I don't think. They're like little soldiers, but they're kind of like, just like, yeah, I'm going to get them. You know, and they're like also just dumb. Like they're, they're not the most gonna basic be level of brainwashed soldier. Rupees are like the dumb kids who are like, yeah, I'm going to go to Germany and I'm going to kill me some Ratsies. And they just haven't come home and been like, war is hell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. yeah they're just in a like, useful state of like, like, a, like scrappers. And it's like, yeah, a, a rupee being able to pull this off. What are the chances? In future vision logic, I would 100% trust. Yeah. Like, I would never bet on this. So pull the fast one. 
So actually, that actually brings up an interesting point just as far as, I think a lot of the times whenever, in, way early on in our podcast, an embarrassing amount of it for, especially earlier on, we like tried to dissect what Future Vision was and like, how does it work? And like, who gives at this yeah, point? This it's point, like, it, there's no point yeah. in it. But the interesting it. thing is, well, I think a lot of those conversations, if you solve them with, well, did Garnet think that that was a likely thing to actually happen? Yeah, it kind of just dissolves the argument. Yeah, yeah, and, th- and that's answered with the an- with haha the answer when like the whole the whole crux of Garnet's creation was Sapphire did not see Ruby saving her. It's coming. uncertainty. Yeah, it cre- Garnet is the is the creation of Sapphire's uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. And like that, yes. that's the whole point. Is like. Garnet used to always know what was going to happen, or Sapphire did, but then when Ruby got introduced, it's like, ah, shit, everything got topsy-turvy, and I don't know what's might things might happen, they might not happen. Just reflecting on that, it's really beautiful how all these characters, like, literally are a thing, but then, like, their characters, func- like, I don't know, the way they feel, the, function, the fact that, like, a fusion can, like, function as a character and also, like, a literal relationship is, like, pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, yeah. yeah. All right, Kayla, next note. Um, yes. My next note is Lapis is immediately suspicious. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she always, is right to me. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that needs further discussion, yeah. does it? Yeah. Agreed. Thumbs up. When yeah. I first saw this episode, I was kind of... It is not unknown on this podcast that there was a point in the show where I did, where I love Lapis, and then I immediately turned around and despised Lapis. And it was... Is it, that, like, a thing we know? I have not... No, it yeah, was the fucking... The episode I got, when, no, um, I got into a huge where Steven, Lapis, where Steven like, tries to, uh, like, get Lapis to stay on Earth, and he's like, look at all this stuff, and uh, she's like... Uh, uh, same old world. Yeah, same old world, where she's just get like... Get out of our sky, you she, she's, absolute, <laughs> she's absolutely not even remotely, like, disturbed by, like, all the shit that happened to her, and then immediately it's fixed by barnmates, like, the next episode, because that's when all of the mental bullshit in her pops up, and I was like... Why is this character so inconsistently written? And at first, I was like super mad because Lapis is just kind of being the absolute worst. And then the end of the episode fixed it. And we'll get to that when we get to that. But like at first, when I watched the episode, I was just I'm like, God damn it, Lapis, I hate this kind of writing with characters where they're just like overly, like overly negative characters bothered me. But uh, upon rewatching and understanding the actual point of the episode, I was like, "No, this is this is good." Yeah, I remember that one. I remember that entire conversation. Yeah, we had. <laughs> oh, that was a yeah. that was a thing. Um. So okay, <laughs> Kayla, keep carrying yeah. us, okay. please, um, <laughs> as you always so, do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's really just, just taking the reins. It's very appreciated. Uh. So. Okay, I actually remember this one really well. Uh, right after Lapis is immediately suspicious, some somebody asks for privacy to talk to Steven. So she, like, bubbles her in some water? Yeah. Okay, so my next note is long, wide shot during the exposition with Ruby floating through it is a good way to make talking interesting. Yeah. I literally have BLC open right now, and I'm watch- I have the episode open so I can, like, scroll through it, and that was the frame yeah. I had open as yeah. you read that no, note. And it is 100% it's true, really, but that's super weird. That really that's really funny, on. because, like, we know, we as the audience know that Ruby is gonna stay until the end of the episode, at least. But, you uh-huh. know, because because 
characters are essentially people and they need to be convinced there needs to be that conversation of like well we don't want her to stay well here's why you should let her say okay blah 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 yeah. and the camera does not move and lapis and peridot and pumpkin and steven barely move because they're just standing there talking so it's a still just long frame Great and ruby budget. just is floating from one side of the frame to the mm. other through the background that, yeah it, that is one of my favorite like it's a it's a trope at this point uh-huh. but it's it is serious discussion lampshaded uh simultaneously by edge of the screen background based comedy in the background Mm -hmm. and that i love it that is one of my favorite like quiet subtle jokes that multiple shows end up using all the time it makes the exposition interesting because Mm -hmm. it's it's so funny it's so simple but it's so funny i just want to say really quickly that the color palette in the yeah, it is really nice. Like, the farm always has really the farm has actually one of my favorite color palettes in the show. Like no matter what time of day it is, what's the next note? My next note is Ruby starts to get kind of purposefully grating, so the audience connects with Lapis? Question mark. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the scene where. Um, like Ruby just constantly like I love the dirt. I love I dirt. Love yeah, 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 and like oh, yeah. I love the Earth. Name three of their songs. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much to connect to Lapis, although it's definitely part of it. As much of part of it is like if you make her annoying now, it's less upsetting for the audience when she betrays them, and then we don't miss her at the end of the episode yeah. when she's not joining Maybe. the guest. I, I think that's definitely valid, but I would say, I, to me, the trick that they did, and that's I think it was clever, was they made it so that you watch it once and you think that she's like, like, alright, what the fuck's up with her? But then, like, and also, by the way, you, you watch it knowing, like, obviously they're not gonna just probably add Ruby. Like, you're probably pretty naive if you think they're just gonna add a new yeah, character. Yeah, we didn't even get that with Bismuth, and she yeah. was crystal gem. so like like so point point being though like you you have now when you watch the rewatch you realize that she sounds fucking sarcastic in every oh, yeah. scene yeah. she's in on it the entire time she's the second from laughing because she knows that she's gonna fuck them over and then when rewatching it's a way different episode and it's fucking hilarious so it's like they actually managed to make like two episodes kind of out of one so that to me was like that's the, the trick, second really. on the like, second have, watch she is dripping with like just patronizing language the it's about, time. It's, yeah, it turns into her manipulating them yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, the episode's it becomes a thriller <laughs> the plot's totally different I think psychological that's thriller yeah. all right all right um <laughs> next note next note okay uh, my next note is Peridot gets more and more like Steven. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely true. I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what specific scene I'm that is. I'm going to say yes, but I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what scene that is specifically, but I think it's just the overall Peridot enjoying Ruby's company along with Steven. Yeah. Well, also, also, she had moments where she was like, "That's the point of Earth." Like she had like kind of yeah. She, cute, she like, has a moment where she actually legitimately tries to convince Lapis, like, "Hey, come on, like." Yeah, but also that where she's genuinely like, like exuberantly happy and like excited about Earth. Yeah, like she's like, I like it always changes. Like, oh my god! Like she's like has passion and is like a little bit goofy. Oh yeah, like, she's yeah, not, yeah. She's not talking in a controlled voice. She's like actually really excited in Lapis, the way Steven is. Because Lapis, entirely... Lapis's crux is like, I don't like it when things are different. And Peridot, the Peridot line is. But that's what makes Earth so exciting. It's constantly changing. Yeah. Like, Peridot has gone from being afraid of the rain to rolling around in the dirt with Steven. Yeah, exactly. I'll go, even further. I'll go, I'll go further this, this way. Okay. So, Peridot comes to Earth, and Steven teaches her and teaches her with water. And in this episode, 
Ruby comes to Earth and Peridot teaches her and immediately they talk about Rain. Yeah. So it's like, as far as mirroring it, he, she literally takes on the role that he previously had mm-hmm. and actually makes a reference to the that's like, yeah. oh, that's like high-level Earth shit right there. Because that was like her first experience with being acclimated to Earth by Steve. I love it. So, yeah, that's I, fucking actually, amazing. we've said the best way to do an episode ever. Killer brings a talking point so I scroll through and then accidentally find insight. It's <laughs> <laughs> just wonderful. I kind of like, like how this is working. Maybe yeah, we I should... think in the future this might be a way we do stuff. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. Maybe not always, but for some. Uh, so, Kayla, okay. hit me with another note. Um, Keep it going. Hit us with another one. Okay, uh, I don't have that many left. We're, we're actually kind of like... That's fine. We've been, roaring we're running. It. We're running. So, um, yeah. Uh, this is just what a statement that... This is the first time, I think, that we've seen Peridot have a good handle on her powers. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I don't know what scene I'm that is. I'm actually proud of her. She, uh, when Lapis, Lapis flies off and... Uh, is sitting in the truck that's wedged in the roof of the barn, and uh, Peridot like floats herself and Steven up on like a garbage can lid or oh, something. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. And it was like quite smooth, and there was no like wobbliness. And I'm pretty certain she does other stuff mm-hmm. in the episode. Like she floats other things, but I can't quite remember. But it, but like there were, I think up until now, whenever we've seen Peridot use her powers, it's always been like kind of touch and go or not very steady. Yeah. Or okay, actually, so I'm gonna make, I'm gonna go even further with this thing I said before. Yes. So actually, Peridot now, if you think about her progression, is basically when Steven just got his powers kind of in, under control. He wasn't powerful yet. Couldn't do a spike bubble. He couldn't do like floating. He couldn't really do anything besides like kind of consistently make a shield, consistently bubble, and like be a steady pair of hands. Like her progression literally was his exact. If he kind of like matched that up, it it literally matches with her growing her powers. Like I I think that this episode was kind of weirdly like the first paradox in control episode. God, okay, I need to make like a really shameful shameful confession right now. Yes. My OTP is Steven and Peridot. You know what? I, I'm show. weirdly fine with it because, like, I don't care, and I'm like, I literally <laughs> don't give a shit about anything. This is not relevant to me, Ergo. This is. Fine. I'm like literally like yeah. So my point is like like the fact that their personalities are clearly not like actually like I would say Peridot and Steven. Yeah, she's not really mature. It's weird, a little bit weird to me, but it's also not. I would say it, the broader argument. It's not like Steven and Garnet or like Steven and Lapis. Peridot's immature. She's meant to be young. She's meant to be childish. It's, eh. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't judge. It's fine. I disapprove of this for several well, reasons, okay. but I'm not going to but detail we've, them. We've just like gone on several long tangents about how they're so similar and that, you know, one is learning from the other and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. really, really fast realization that I'm making right now um, because. Dylan, you said that Peridot was kind of child, like meant to be a little bit childlike. Um, so yeah. I'm going to extrapolate. When we first meet Peridot, she's obviously not childlike at all. She's, you know, kind yeah, of fucking, fucking yeah. terrifying. Peridot kind of Benjamin Button exactly. over the no, no, series, I'm getting to that. I'm getting yeah. to that. So, so in contrast, Peridot is kind of like someone who was like uh, kind of born into this this role this like quite serious role of like kindergartening and what have you um and then kind of like backtracked and is learning how to have a childhood kind of like how a human would and steven was also born into this position of responsibility but obviously up until fairly recently did not like grasp the burden of it or the responsibility of it and uh like 
you know, got to experience a childhood and now is is like taking on uh, the position yeah. of a leader. So they're kind of like doing a eleventh uh, Doctor and River Song sort of thing, where they're like going in their 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 characters like um, view of the world is like kind of going in opposite directions. Yeah, no, but I would say actually the reason that I think I just, you just made me realize the reason I actually love Steven in Paradise Friends so much is that they're actually kind of crossed. They're like on those for two each charts, other. they're exact. No, like, yeah. <laughs> but my point is, like, you know, if you look at those two lines of like I mean, one's going, both are going diagonally. They're both at that intersection of I'm realizing myself as like a professional slash a member of society slash a whatever you want to have. Like I am a thing mm-hmm. to be, and I'm, I'm realizing myself as a person. I'm realizing myself as like you know an individual that matters and as individuality. Like they literally are in that exact intersection where they both matter, and you're trying to kind of grapple with both. And that's why I think they are the, the best combo yeah. because Stephen and Amos has held that for a while. But Amos and Steven actually kind of are very similar, but have a lot of differences too. Steven and Paradise actually are probably the most similar characters on the show, now that I think about it. Kayla, hit us with a All note. All right, so I actually don't have any notes written down about the betrayal scene. I liked it a lot. I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was really funny, Chris. Um, But maybe the Paradise gets more, more like Steven note was when... Uh, they were all like yelling, like they're all falling out the back of the spaceship and Peridot is at the very end and she's like, I can't hear anything. Is she trying to show <laughs> us the ocean? Because this is a yeah. cool way to do it. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it, yeah. maybe that was the note. Was I was just like, Peridot. No. That is something that Steven, like, like going back to like the parabola between Steven and Peridot, like that's something that season one Steven would, would do. Like if somebody's trying to murder him by throwing him out of spaceship into the ocean, he'd be like, wow, thank you for showing me the ocean it all, this it all, way. Yeah, it, it also even that, that, that happens as Steven's like trust in people that he, like the blind trust that he has in everybody is kind of shattered. Oh yeah, no, he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like while, while, while Peridot like actually shows blind trust in somebody, which is like a really weird Thing for her to actually express, he has that room. Yeah, forever. yeah. Well, he's he, <laughs> Sorry, bud. he still <laughs> wants to trust people, but he does it cautiously now. I think. Yeah. Um. That's... All right. Um. So there. So there's that whole scene. Um. And that this means that we're going to see all of the rubies again. Like we've seen one of them since then. Yeah. But we're yeah. going to see all of them again at some point. I was oh, yeah, really upset sure. because I was like, Steven straight kind of just gave them all a fate worse than death. Like, they can't even kill themselves. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's the worst thing possible. So, like, I was really, really happy that they scooped them all up and that, like, that means that we can definitely see them again without They're also safe. You know what I mean? Like, that was to me, like, a big relief. I was really worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. Kayla, you have any more points? Or? I have one more note, but I also have a question um, that I did not write down. Go for it. Um, okay. So, they don't go after ruby no they don't but i don't i can't figure out why because like steven is like lapis ruby is getting away and lapis looks like she's about to fly after her but then was like haha i was right nobody is that well adjusted which is a great line lapis is like unless you're attacking earth directly she's not gonna get involved you know what i mean like she's like even if there was like a gem being a dick like she's like She's not in. She doesn't want to go. She's back. not. She's not going to go back to space. And it's also surely... like they don't have any means to get the, the, to stop it. So if I was a leader in the situation, I would be panicking nonstop, constantly because oh my god, these rubies got away in a spaceship. They're going to home world. Oh my god! 
and they have no way of stopping this, and this is a huge problem. But the problem is in the show, there's no way to have them do that, you know? Ruby's even like, haha, I betrayed you, and now, and like... I can now go to Homeworld and be like, yeah, here's the exactly. situation. Yeah, exactly, and go, go to, spook, scoop up my friends, go to Homeworld, and uh, let them know that uh, y'all are dicks. The threat here is that one of the Rubies in space found out that he's Rose Quartz, and then would be yeah. brought back to Homeworld, where they would say, hey, guess what, Rose yeah. Quartz is and on hey, Earth, you know what? what I mean? That's exactly what fucking happened. I think the reason they didn't try to stop it was because there's like, what can you have? Like, Garna just like having a panic attack in the kitchen, and like Stephen comes in and she's like, oh, Stephen, everything's fine. And she like runs out of the room and like hurriedly unfuses and cries. Like, you can't have mom do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mom can't know that you all are going to die at any moment. That can't be the situation. So, you know. Mom's not allowed to have an existential crisis. Yeah. So, okay, Kayla. You had a question, now. right? That was the question. Like, the question was, why did why did Lapis not go after Ruby? Because she don't give a fuck. She, I guess, I guess she just couldn't be bothered. Um, yes. Yeah, so the last thing that I have written down, and I think that it's really uh, appropriate because it comes back, it comes back to Garnet. And my last note is Garnet has the punchline at the end of the episode with the balloons. Yes, she does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It could have gone either way, and she looks and sees that they're coming up out of the ocean with no ruby, and she's like, oh, okay, I guess... Uh, this probably isn't the good uh, one. This isn't the good timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, because she, she was unsure. That's not so much. I kind of wish that she came with like a third one, where it's like, the ruby died. You know what I mean? There was like, there was like a really slim possibility, and she knew, she knew Stephen would be really, really upset. I feel like if I was Garnet, actually, just because I would be aware of certain possibilities, I would I would be a fucking mess of just like like day planning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, I can barely the entire, deal with the possibilities. The entire plot of the episode, from... the B plot, is just Garnet buying different balloons for extremely specific situations. Gar- Garnet's like the ultimate risk assessor. Like you, Garnet could if you give her basic information, she can like I don't know. She's what a waste. Just <laughs> an alien, right? I don't know. Like, I was like, Garnet, it's almost... what a waste. <laughs> yeah, she's just saving the earth. She could be making like billions That's of dollars. That's the caption under her profile picture on the wiki. How many planners does a being who can see the future need? I like to imagine it's just that old cartoon trope of like a character opens their closet and it's a bunch of the same outfit. But since Garnet doesn't have to wear, like, people clothes, it's just a closet full of planners. Yeah, and every planner is like, okay, for a different outcome, I will do this. And, you know, and I would need this appointment here. No, wait, better, blah, blah, better. Blah. They're all behind glass with hammers. And they all say things like, break in case of bees, break in case Ruby betrays, <laughs> break in case the donkey wants revenge, things like that. <laughs> break in case the kangaroo Break return. in case Pearl finally snaps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, one of them is just like a straight up, like a gun. <laughs> They're all guns, Dylan! They're all different calibers. Break in case Cartoon Network suddenly gets really cool really fast about a lot of things. What's that that from? I know that's from something. It's John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. Oh my god, that was hilarious. This is a John Mulaney positive podcast. And I'll say that's for oh all of us. God. And thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by the John Mulaney Appreciation Society. Yeah, I, just in case that's a real thing, no, it isn't. <laughs> but in case it is, yeah, it is brought to you by them. So fucking no! bring it. Lawyer up, bitch. <laughs>
This is the Ringo Zone. Well, here up, John Mulaney Appreciation Club. Let's see what you don't, got. Don't, don't forget, the payoff is nothing. There it is.